Thank you very much. Um, the Gemara tells us there are 613 mitzvahs, but the Gemara doesn't tell us which are the 613. So the Ramam wrote the Sefer HaMitzvahs. The Ramam was not the first one, he was not the last one. Different opinion. So Rav Sadi Gohan wrote a poem where he includes all of the 613 mitzvahs, and it's three uh, fat volumes uh, of commentary by Rabbi Yeruchim Perla, who was a businessman in Europe before the war. Uh, where he uh, tries to figure out what exactly is the, uh, is the sheet of Rav Sadigan. So he points out Rav Sadigan seems to hold that one of the 613 mitzvahs is that when a person has a shayla and he doesn't know what the answer is, he should go ask a shayla of a tamachacham. Chumash happens to be speaking about presenting the shayla to the beznagodal because the local bezn doesn't know the, doesn't know the answer. But basically the nature of the mitzvah is that we should present shaylas uh, to the tamid chachamim. And one of the uh, chuvas of one of the Hungarian rabbanim, he writes that he met once a reform rabbi at the beginning of the reform movement, and the reform rabbi had smicha from a reform seminary. So he asked him, when people ask you shaila, how can you pass in anything? So he says, well, he doesn't really know too much, but he knows. But seika deraisa luchum es seika derabban lekulas. Whenever it's a shaila deraisa, he doesn't know the din. He goes luchum. Whenever it's a din derabban, he goes lekul. So this, uh, one of the prominent Talmud HaChachamim, so he wrote, uh, this reminds him of the, uh, of the story in Yiddish folklore that they tell that uh, one of the farmers used to always come to the rabbi every week and a half with a shayla. He would travel in from the farm to ask a shayla in the city. And then for uh, two months, the farmer didn't show up. And then after two, two and a half months, he started coming to the rabbi again. So the rabbi asked, what happened? How come you didn't come? So he said, why should, why should I schlep in? Someone told me that it says in the Chumash when you have a tray for food, uh, you should give it to the dog. So, uh, so I decided what I have to travel in to ask the shayla. I put it in front of the dog. If the dog eats it, it means that it's trefa. If the dog doesn't eat it, it means that it's not trefa. <laughs> so he was doing this for a couple of weeks. So then the rabbi said, so why did you change your mind now? So he said, the dog is too machmer. <laughs> <laughs> the rabbi is more makele than the dog. So that's what uh, this uh, Hungarian Godel said about the reform rabbi, that he's going to, whenever it's a sveka deraisa, he's going to luchumrim, and whenever sveka deraisa, doesn't know what's deraisa, what's deraisa, doesn't know. You don't know what's luchumrim and what's lakula. Rabchaim Olozhin has such a comment on the Mishnah in Pirkei has say luchah everyone has to pick out a rabbi to whom he presents the shyness. Why do you have to? Rabchaim Olozhin says, why don't you just say sveka deraisa, luchum, sveka deraisa, lakula. So the Mishnah says, no, the histolic men are sophic. You shouldn't rely on Sveik Deraisa. Why not? Because a lot of times a person will think that he's being machmer, Sveik Deraisa Luchumre, and it's really in the Kula. He doesn't realize that what he thinks is Luchumre is really a Kula. It's a person will give more than Maisa. Instead of giving 10% to the lady, he'll give 15%. So the Gemara tells us in Kiddushan, Hamar Maisris, Maisris of Mikul If you give more than 10%, only 10% is Maisa. Whatever is extra, the extra, if you give 15%, the extra 5% is chul, and it's going to be tevel. So you're giving the, the levi tevel and maiser mixed in together. So you're feeding the trefer food to the levi. He's feeding trefers to them. You think you're being machma, you're being uh, uh, generous by giving 15% instead of 10%. The extra 5% over the 10%, the Gemara says, is going to remain tevel. So it's not, uh, it's not a smart idea just to say Sveika Deraisa Luchumra. You have to know how to learn to know whether what you're saying is a, is a Chumra or Kula. A lot of times the halacha has a, a din that Lachatchilu the din is like this and Bishas Hatchak the din is like that or Yeba the din is like that. Uh, 
So the Mishnah Bura points out in one place that uh, there are some Rabbanim, there are some Palabatim, there are some Rabbanim, that uh, if the din is that B'diyabit is Muta, so it's Muta. It is correct, the analysis, if, if, if let's say, B'Shas Atrak, it's Muta, so that means that basically Mika, then it's really Muta. It's just a humor that we don't do it if it's Shaloi B'Shas Atrak. But still, the Psaq HaMekubal and Shulchan Aruch is that... Uh, that the you don't do it. It's only bishas hatchak that you make Sometimes we have a klal, which is often uh, misapplied by people who are not sufficiently uh, knowledgeable. The Gemara has sometimes a klal that uh, <coughs> that if you have a very big bishas hatchak, her list bishas If you have a bishas hatchak, you can rely on a shita So the shach points out here there. This only applies to a din de rabban. It doesn't apply to dinim de rais. If you're talking about an aguna, so the, the word aguna applies in different cases. So sometimes you're talking about an aguna de rice, sometimes an aguna de rabbana. Let's say if a person drowned in the ocean. So Maim Shein himself, to the best of our knowledge, the fellow is dead. The Gemara tells a story about the Mr. Chosso who drowned. He drowned in the, in the river, in a lake, and everybody was standing around, they couldn't save him. But the wife is not allowed to remarry. So the Gemara says, one of the Chachamim swore, poor Mr. Chasa was devoured by the fish. So Rabbi Kivegi on the side of the page, this is the very end of Yivamas, next to the last Omid base in Yivamas. So Rabbi Kivegi quotes from the Rishonim, how does he swear that the fish ate up poor Mr. Chasa if we don't allow the wife to remarry? It means that we're not so convinced that the husband is dead. So how does he spare Achlu Kavri Lachasan? So he says, no, we know that he's dead. Between you and me, everybody knows the man is dead. It's a Chumim with the Rabbanan. Why they introduced it is another story. Why? It's a chum, There's a long explanation on that also, because they had a balance of the coolers that they made, so they had to introduce a Chumim. So we know that the husband is dead. But with the Rabbanan, they introduced the Chumim. So in such a case, the Poskim, the classical Poskim, would say that sometimes if you have a case of Maim Shein himself, a submarine disappeared. And we haven't heard from them for a couple of years. So we assume for sure the husband is dead already. The husband who was in the submarine is dead. It's only a chumim with Rabbanan that uh, we don't permit the woman to remarry. So then some of the classical poskimers say that can rely on the But if you have a different case of an aguna, that's one kind of, that, that's one kind of an aguna. That's an aguna de Rabbanan. And a Torshi is allowed to remarry with the Rabbanan, we don't permit it. If you have a woman who is absolutely married and the husband is alive, he's alive and kicking and he's kicking her and he doesn't want to give her a gift, that's an aguna de raisa. That's not an aguna de rabban. So you can't say, because there's some obscure opinion that says, so you have a right to be mekel because it's a shas hatrak. So the Taz, the Taz writes, even in Dinim de raisa, you also say that the shach and ruba, the ruba of the post, and say, not so. We don't say on every machlekes elu elu dibelikim chaim. Sometimes some poskim just made a mistake. Sometimes a poskim just makes a mistake. And just because it's printed in the Taz and the Eridea doesn't mean that that's a sheet that it should be considered. We follow the shach over here. We follow the rov ha poskim. That kedai her aplein elis machal b'shas atchak is an extension of the principle of sveika the rabbanon lekula. When you're dealing with the din the rabbanon, so if it's a suffix 50-50, then you have a right to go lekula. It's nowhere near 50-50. That's not called the Sophic the Rabban Lakulis. If it's a big Shasatrak, so then we say by a stretch of the application of the Kalal of Sophic Rabban, we say that too is a Sophic the Rabban Lakulis, but it has to be a Dinda Rabban. It doesn't apply if you're talking about an Aguna de Rais.
we have the Klal, Aseilu Harab, we're supposed to present all of the Shabbos to a Tamachachim. Yeah. Who is the Aseilu Harab? Who is the Rab to whom we should present the Shailu? So we should really look for a human, we're going to ask a human being. You're not going to go to the kever of, uh, of the Vilna Goyen and ask him the Shailu, not going to give us an answer. So you have to ask a human being. Human beings are fallible, everybody can make a mistake. So why is the Psak binding? So we assume, the Gemara quotes the Pasuk, we assume that Sayyid Hashem Lirev, a Pasuk in Tehillim, he assumed that Kaddish Baruch will give a divine assistance to the Damachacham, that he shouldn't make a mistake. He doesn't always give a divine assistance. Sometimes Tamir Chacham do make a mistake. But uh, if we try to pick the right Rav, then we can uh, assume that HaKadosh Baruch gave that individual a divine assistance. The Gemara quotes the Pasuk, that we recite in Ve'itun L'cha, if anybody has a chance to get that far. I never get that far in Ve'itun L'cha. I, I usually don't even get to begin Ve'itun L'cha. They down so quick. Uh, so Ve'itun uh, so L'cha, there's a Pasuk, Ve'itun L'cha, 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 So the Gemara comments on the phrase, L'shem imoy, Sha'alocha, Kemosa, B'chom, Mokham. Why is, why do we paskin like Dovid HaMelech? And Shaul HaMelech made mistakes in Psach, and David HaMelech was successful in Psach HaLoch. Why was he successful? Because he had a Siyat HaDishmai, Hashem Imoy. HaLoch HaKemosa Muchamachim, because he had a Siyat HaDishmai. So how do you know which rabbi to present your Shilas to, uh, that you should feel safe that you're getting a correct answer? So first of all, the person has to be knowledgeable. We don't believe that it's a magical oracle that the Rabbi Shalom is going to make a nice, nice nigla, that an unlearned individual is going, to, Baruch is going to make a miracle, that the donkey is going to open up his mouth. He doesn't know how to read Gemara, he doesn't know Shulchan Aruch. How can he come up with the right psaq? Just because sometimes he's a rabbi in the shul, he knows how to give good rushes. Well, not every rabbi knows how to give rushes, knows Shulchan Aruch. The different rabbis in different communities have different strengths. We need those kind of rabbis, we need these kind of rabbis. So first, the person has to try to pick a rabbi. He seems to be knowledgeable. He seems that he knows halacha. Secondly, you have to pick a person. Sometimes he's knowledgeable in halacha, but he's a dishonest individual. He knows that this person is only looking for a chumrah. If you, if you, it depends which community you live in. Some communities, they're only looking for chumrah. Some communities, they're only looking for kulas. There's a chesidish rebbe who goes to Tannersville on vacation. So he's trying to convince me that I should open up a shtibel, uh, what do I, I stay in Washington? I should open up a shtibel in, in uh, Flatbush, I should open up Nusach Hashkenaz shtibel, and I'll get all the people that have Nusach Hashkenaz. But one thing, Reb Herschel, don't tell them all of your kulas. The people in Flatbush don't enjoy kulas. So that's dishonest. If the Tamachach knows all the dinim, he knows all the shita, he's convinced that it's lahakim. So he's going to tell him lahachman because he's looking for a chumr. He th- he's convinced lahachman is going to tell him lahakal because he knows there is such an issue. There is such an opinion, but he thinks that that opinion is not correct. That it's being dishonest. You have to, beha- you have to ask uh, Yeshayim, you have to present the Shadis to Adam Chacham, who is knowledgeable, and who is honest as well. You have to present the Shadis to a person who has a lot of patience. He has to have a lot of gedul to l- sit and listen to all the details of the case. A lot of times a person doesn't have patience, Adam Chacham, so he listens to the first half of the Shadis, he already jumps ahead and he tells you what the Psaq is with that. You have to hear all the details. If you don't know all the details, one slight detail of the case is going to be different. So you apply Siv Beis instead of Siv Gimel, or you apply Siv Gimel instead of uh, Siv Hay. Different Siv and Shulchan 
Hilchus Basu B'chol, it goes on and on and on and on. It's not just uh, one page. Sometimes it's Muta, sometimes also Bachila, sometimes also Bano, sometimes Mideraisa, sometimes Mideraisa, different dinam, different dinam. So it all depends on the details of the case. So the Tamil Chacham has to be, has to be uh, patient. He can't be too nervous. He has to be able to, to sit and listen with patience to all the details of the Shaila. Then the person has to have common sense. A lot of times they have big Hamid Chacham. They don't have common sense to understand, to appreciate what the Shaila is. Then, of course, uh, you have to have some chacham, you should have Yerusha mind, because the promise that the Pasuk says, was only given, the promise was only given to one who's a Yerusha mind, if he lacks Yerusha mind. Unfortunately, there are Tamir chachamim who lack uh, Yerusha mind. In Yiddish folklore, it's a famous comment that they say, the Gemara and Baba Kama has the Pasuk, Es Hashem Lakecha Tiro Lerabas Tamir chacham, Es is always a Rebuy. So in Yiddish folklore, they say, Es Lerabas Tamir Chacham, Tamir Chacham also has to have Yerusha mind. Unfortunately, the Rat Hamid Chachamim who lack Yerushalayim, when we enter Shchodesh, we say twice, "Chaim Sheishmam Yerushalayim." We ask, uh, we need a lot. We can all use a lot of Yerushalayim. And in addition to everything else, in addition to all the other five qualifications, has to be learned, has to be honest, has to have common sense, he has to be uh, patient to listen to those Shaila and so on. He has to, he has to be humble. The Gemara says in the many disputes between the Bisham and the Basila, we usually pass like the Basil because over there hum- they were more humble than the Bisham. It doesn't mean that Bisham are arrogant, but uh, the Basila were more humble than the Bisham. If one is more humble, he will he stands a better chance of being Zaychat Bimakhadan Lamita Shalter. If if the Tamhachim gives the wrong psaq, the psaq is meaningless. Uh, they would there was a period of time, I think it was two years, when Herman Wook taught in Yeshiva College. And uh, he mentioned to the students that the premise of the book that came mutiny is based on the Rashi and Chumash, that uh, authority is binding even when it's an error. So the truth of the matter is that that's not correct. Halacha is not, halacha is not binding when it's an error. And this week's error tells about Kiddush HaChadosh, so it says, uh, Kiddush HaKadosh is the one exception to the rule and probably Iber HaShonah as well. Because the Pesach says in Parsha Semor, El Hashem Shetikru Osam, and the word Osam is Chasavov, and that's one of the many Midrash HaTar and not just 13 Midrash HaTar, there are more. So one of them is, we in Moli and Chasa, the normal spelling of the word Osam is Alevov Tafmem. And if it's spelled over there, Ashitikra Osam Alef Tafnam, Atikra Esam Alatem, Atem Afilumutam, even if the Bez made a mistake, within reason. They can't make a month with more than 30 days or less than 29 days. They can't make a year with more than 13 months or less than 12 months, but within that range, even if they made a mistake, even if they made a Shanum Abaris for the wrong reason, uh, they didn't would be that it would be Chal. But outside, in the, with respect to the other 612 mitzvahs, Allah says that the psaq that's made based on a mistake is not, is not valid at all. I used to sit next to Balabas and Shul. He was a real yekke. So he had the attitude, if there's hashgacha on a food, I can eat it. I, I know that the rabbi is not reliable, and so not a reliable hashgacha. So he'll burn and get him. That's his problem. But uh, he gave a psaq. He said that this is kosher, I'm allowed to eat. That's not true. If, someone, if you know that the rabbi is not reliable, so that psak is not meaningful at all. A psak that's an error is not considered a psak. The Sirish and Mishnah, the first Mishnah and Hurrius, the only time that the psak is, is chal, even when it's an error, is by Kiddush HaKadosh and probably by Iber HaShana uh, <coughs> as well. Even when you do have Torah Nador, uh, I come to the bed and I say, 
I took an error and I really have charata that I, that I was in a miserable mood, I was too angry, I was too excited, I was too sad, I was depressed, whatever. And if I would have been in a state of equilibrium, I never would have taken an error. So the Bezin says, mutalach, mutalach, mutalach. If I'm not telling the truth, if the truth of the matter is that even if, even if I wouldn't have been excited, even if I wouldn't have been angry, I would have said the nether. So the, the hatars and dharma is not valid. The hatars and dharma is only valid if the, if the reason for the hatara is accurate. If it's not true, it's based on false information that you fed to the dayonim. So the hatars and dharma is not khal at all. There's no head. So you have to make sure that you present your shilas to the right rabbi to make sure that you get the right psaq. Um, and the reason why the psaq is binding, human beings are always uh, able to make mistakes. So we assume that HaKadosh Baruch gives us that the Talmud Chacham should not make a mistake. Talmud Chacham should not pass in a shayla unless he's a Chacham Shehigiyah Lohairoa. What's the definition of a Chacham Shehigiyah Lohairoa? So that's not so easy. Um, the Beis Yosef wrote, Beis wrote his uh, long Sefer on the tour. And then he wrote the Shulchan Aruch, which was never intended. He writes himself that he never intended the Shulchan Aruch to be a Sefer Psak. The Shulchan Aruch was intended to be like a table of contents. That you should look in the Shulchan Aruch, then look in the Beis Yosef to see what he quotes over there. So after the Shulchan Aruch was uh, published, so all of the Paskim complained about the fact that there were so many people who Paskim from the Sifri Hakitsurim from the abridged people passing from the Kitzur Shulchan Aruch, people passing from the Chayyadim, people passing from the, from, the, from the Big Shulchan Aruch. The Big Shulchan Aruch was never intended as a safer Psak. A person really is not considered Hegel or has to know everything from the original sources in the Gemara. You know that one of the commentaries on the Shulchan Aruch, the, on every page they always quote from the Levush, so the Levush, uh, usually, all of the Paskim usually disagree. Most of the time they disagree with what he says. The famous story about the Shagasari that when he was 90 years old, so he needed a safer, so the whole, he went to get a safer, so the whole bookcase fell on him. And he was old and uh, weak, and then, uh, so they pulled him out from under all the swarms, so he said, uh, it's not going to help, he's going to die. That, well, he always disagreed with all of these, we showed him and achrenim in the bookcase, and now they all decided to jump him and to get him. <laughs> and he asked Mechila, famous story, he asked Mechila from all of them, and they were all Mechil except for the Levush, because he was Mavaz Levush more than anybody else. So that's what happened. He died at the age of 90. Okay, he died. So uh, the Levush, they all complained to Levush. Instead of going back to the Gemara to see what the marker was, the Levush a lot of times makes a statement. He just takes uh, things from the latest Sefer Psak and he comes up with a new, with a new idea in Psak Allah. A lot of times it doesn't correspond to what it says in the Gemara. So that's why they have a lot of tightness against the Levush. So all of the Poskim say that it's not a smart idea to Poskim from the Sefer HaKitsurim. A Psak always has to be based on the original sources in the Gemara. There are a lot of people who are not familiar with the original sources. They just know everything from secondary sources or from the internet, which uh, third source, whatever. So that so such a person is not entitled to an opinion. You can't really pass in in any area unless you're really familiar with Kola Tarakula. There is a Tosefta in Sanhedrin where the Tosefta has a Machleke Satanoim Rebbe is giving a shear on Sanhedrin. Let's say the yeshiva is on Sanhedrin this year. Rebbe is giving a shear on Sanhedrin. So in the middle of shear, a student raises his head and starts asking a gakasha on a gemara masech hashamis. What has it got to do with what we're learning? Oh, he asked a shayla. What's it been? And something has nothing to do with what we're learning today. So the chachamim say that he has to get up and apologize and say shaloki in your I apologize. My my 
question was out of place. Rameya disagrees and he says, you never have to apologize because everything is interconnected. We don't pass like Rameya, we pass like Nachacham, and he has to apologize, but we agree with the principle of Rameya that Kolatar Kula is in Yenechot. Everything is interconnected. Just the other day we were talking about different figures from the past and why you. So my father, Zechan al used to say about Rab Chaim Zimmerman that you can only get him, he was a big Tamachach. So you can only get Rab Chaim Zimmerman to talk and learning over a, over a game of chess. So he would play chess in the dormitory and there would be five boys in the room. So in the middle of the game he would say, each one should say Agamara. And while he's playing chess, he would make a pilful to be Makash, all the five different Gemars. He was a super genius. But the Gemara does say, the, the Klal is correct. Sometimes a Shaila comes up in, in Basa Bacholov, and the answer is found in a Taisus and Ksuvis about Everything is interconnected. Every discipline has its own. Uh, self-contained system of logic and the logic of halacha has to uh, often common sense does play a role and often common sense does not play a role in halacha so sometimes you have to know halachic uh, Talmudic logic so you have to know all the Gemaras you have to know Favar for the Gemara somewhere I remember when I was uh, learning with my Chavruz we were learning in the middle of Yavamas with Rabbi Willig when Rabbi Willig was single so we learned the Gemara then we learned the Dinim and Ebenezer, the Gemara Batsuadaka, Khrushchevka, then we learned the Pischei Tshuva, then we learned Haphaim Elozhev has a Tshuva. We thought we knew all there is to know about the topic, so we were going to test ourselves. So we opened up an Igris Moshe, and we looked at the Shaila, and we decided what we think the answer should be. So the first line of Moshe Feinstein comes up with a Gemara Mpcharis that we never heard of. No one on the page quoted that Gemara Mpcharis, and he passed based on his Gemara Mpcharis. And I remember when I, when I was chazering uh, day for the Bechina, for your, for your day, for smicha. So I thought that I knew all the shulchanach with all the shachs. So I looked up a shaila and igaris Moshe to see, uh, to test myself, and I decided what I think the din should be. Moshe quotes a dogma of Ovah. I never heard of the dogma of Ovah, and he turned everything upside down because it was dogma of Ovah. Dogma of Ovah is on the side of the page. So you really have to be very knowledgeable to be entitled to an opinion that a person should be considered a chacham shigil or is not so easy. Unfortunately, in every generation, it's not something new in our generation, in every generation there were people who thought that they were God's gift to the world, and they published Shalash Shuvahs in the days of the Balayataisas. We have Kisrayad, Shalash Shuvahs in the Balayataisas, they're just Dvarbatele and Umavatol, just utterly ridiculous. So that's a difficult decision that a Tamachachim has to make. Is he entitled to an opinion? Is he entitled to express his original opinion on, on a Psaq Halachalamaisim? Is there a mesichte that's called the medical ethics mesichte? There is no such mesichte. A person says, he's an expert in medical What do you mean medical ethics? There are two lines in Bavakama, and then there are two lines in Erechen, then there are two lines in Chulin, and two lines in Yivom. Two lines you have to know all over. You have to know Kola Tarakula to know medical ethics. No such thing. Now they have uh, people feel, uh, some women feel that they're experts in, her, in the laws of Taras HaMishpach. Being an expert in Taras HaMishpach doesn't mean that you you just learned Hilchus Taras Hamishpach. You have to know all of Shas. You have to know all of Shas to be entitled to an opinion in these things. Not so easy to be considered a Chacham Shehigia Lohiro. Years ago, there used to be oral exams for the Smichas. Rab Salvechik always uh, used to ask a question that was slightly off of what it said in Yerodeh. The boys always memorized Yerodeh. 
So we'd always ask a question that was slightly off to see if they really understood the Didim and the Shulchan Aruch, that they understand what everything is based on. Or was it just memorization? So he was unhappy, he usually didn't know the correct answer. So that's why he didn't like the whole system, so he said, it's no good the way it is, someone has to give a Shir and Yeridah. So nobody wanted to give a Shir and Yeridah, so he got stuck. So he had to, he had to give the Shir and Yeridah. So it used to be a two-year Smicha program, years ago. They had to give Yeridah every other year. Then when they made it a three-year program, they had to give a Shir and Yeridah every, every third year. Yeah, but uh, just to memorize what it says in Shulchanach, that's not called the Chacham Shegiel Ohiro. You have to know everything from the original source and you have to understand it. A crucial point in Psak Halacha is what is the, what is the, uh, what is the traditional Psak? What is a traditional Psak? We're learning Sanhedrin this year in the Yeshiva, so the Gemara talks about Tobishikal Adas. Tob Adas, the Gemara says there's an opinion Lahet, there's an opinion Lahisa, opinion Lahia, opinion Laftur. And Sugen the Alma, the common practice by all of the Dayanim, the general accepted practice is to Paskan this way. And this Tamachachim didn't realize that that was the general accepted practice, he Paskan the other way. So the Gemara says that's a mistake, that's Tob Shikol Adas, that's not. Elevi Elevi Divil Kimchaim. Elevi Elevi Divil Kimchaim means when you start. The Gemara says, Even Shasatraki can't rely on Bishamai. He can't be Mitzar Bishamai to be considered a Safakarla Bechutzlas. Bishamai's opinion doesn't count at all. So what does it mean, Elevi Yadivil Kimchaim? When you stand at Bishamai Shita, it's not considered Bittl Torah. Since Bishamai Shita is based on Midrash Atar and Adreshespem, so when you study their opinion, even though you know them in advance, we don't pass them like that, that's considered the Mitzvah of Talmud Torah. But it doesn't mean that anything goes. I remember once Dr. Belton spoke at a Chagas Micha. The main speaker was always Rav Salvechik, and Dr. Belton wasn't such a good public speaker. He used to speak five, ten minutes, and uh, he, he wasn't a public speaker. So, uh, so I remember one Chagas Micha, he said, uh, doesn't mean there's one way. It's not you have to know which is the correct way. So the Gemara said, that's called Torbishikal Adas. If there are two opinions, and the sugya and the alma, the generally accepted mahalach is one way, so that's considered a toy. So if he passed against that, Absalvechik pointed out uh, that uh, the Gemara says in the end of Erechen that towards the end of the period of the Bais Rishon, uh, after several of the Shvatim went into Golus, so the mitzvah of Yevil was no longer observed because the mitzvah of Yevil only applies. Um, the Pasuk is engraved on, it appears on the Liberty Bell. It says, Across from Drabaris, Lachal Yeshrael, thou shalt proclaim liberty throughout the land and to all its inhabitants. I used to live in Philadelphia. We used to visit the Olam Karmas Hagdoshim on Shabbos. We used to walk there. We used to walk to the Liberty Bell. So the Gemara says, What's the Mashmas? Across from Drabaris, Lachal Yeshrael, to all its inhabitants. The Gemara says, Bizban Shikol Yeshrael, when all the Jews are located in Eretz Yisrael, then you have the Mitzvah of Yom. So after the Golis of several of the Shvatim towards the end, before the Korban Bayis Rishon, so the mitzvah of, of Yovel was not observed anymore, but nonetheless the Bezin counted Yovel as a blank year, as the 50th year. You count seven, seven, seven times. Every seventh year is a Shemitah. Then the 50th year is a blank year. You don't count seven, seven, the only one. You count 50, 50. And the 50th year is always a blank year. So even when they didn't observe the mitzvahs of Yovel, because it was no longer called Yeshvalah, but they counted the year as a blank year to push off the next Shemitah. So the Ramam writes, he thinks that the same should apply to Zmanazeh, even though we don't observe Yovel, but we shouldn't count 770, we should count 50-50, and every 50th year should be a blank year. This is not what we do, we don't do that. 
So the Ramam says he's in disagreement with the Gaonim. What the Gaonim said it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever, but he gives in to the Gaonim. He says the Gaonim lived in Eretz Yisrael. There were Gaonim in Bavlon, Gaonim in Eretz Yisrael. So the Gaonim lived in Eretz Yisrael and they observed Shemitah. And the Minig and the, and the Masora is an Ikigodal of Psach what the practice was is very crucial since that was the practice even though his opinion absolutely makes no sense whatsoever Abraham gives a whole beautiful explanation the way he says it does make sense but the Ramam felt that it absolutely makes no sense whatsoever so the Ramam still says you have to give in to the Goenim because they lived in Eretz Yisrael and that was the practice the Rabbi there disagrees with the Ramam he thinks he should follow the Ramam so that's what Rav Soloveitchik said to the best of his knowledge this is the only place where there's a machlekes the Ramam and the Raiva the Ramam holds you should not pass him like the Ramam and the Raiva is masik no, you should pass him like the Ramam the Ramam is right but that's where the Ramam writes that the, the Minig and the Masora is an Ikegodl and Sakalacha we have, we have a tradition the tradition was even if the Ramam thought it didn't make sense Rav Chaim after thinking about it knocked a wonderful sense into it you have to know what is, what is the Minig and what is the Masar, what is the Psak HaMakubo. Uh, people make a mistake, Rab Salvation said, people make a mistake, they think Masar is only on dry halochas. He says there's Masar and halochas and there's Masar on attitudes. That's what Rab Tversky was speaking about before, very crucial. And the Gemara seems to say like that. The Gemara says, what is an Am Ha'aretz? In the days of the Tanoim, an Am Ha'aretz was one who observed the religion the way he saw fit. They didn't listen to the Chachamim. Like today, the people, a lot of, a lot of uh, wise guys, they don't care what the Rabbanim say, they're going to pass on around. They think that they know better than the Rabbanim how to pass on Shilas. So the Gemara has dinim for an Amor, special dinim for an Amor. So the Gemara says, what's the definition of Amor? It's a one tannas of the Abina, if you look Korabishana. Kor means he knows all of Tanakh, he knows all of Mikra. Shana means he knows all of Mishnais. But he didn't pick up the attitudes from the Chachamim. He knows all the Mishnayis and he knows all of Tanakh. So what more is there to know? No, there are attitudes that you have to have. And based on the attitudes, one will know how to paskin in any given case. You can't just paskin based on the source. You have to have a tradition, you have to have a Masorah of uh, what the attitude is and how one should uh, come to a conclusion. So the... Shaiva should be presented by the Balabatim to the Rabbanim, and they should pick, uh, based on the six Klonim, they should pick a Tamachachim who seems to be very knowledgeable, seems to be humble, seems to be honest, seems to be Seychadik, um, uh, has common sense, and so on. And the Tamil Chacham should pass, and have to have a Chacham Shehigir Not everybody is a Mumcha and everything, like when Rabbi Moisa was presented the Shaila when Rabbi Munk of Paris had the Shaila. Uh, about making Erev in, in, in Paris so Rabbi Moser was old he wasn't feeling well so he just ignored the Shaila then Rabbi Munk sent a second letter maybe a third letter so he realized that he's not going to let him go he has to give an answer so he corresponded Rabbi Moser corresponded with the Chazanish who already had moved to Eretz Yisrael he felt the Chazanish was an expert in the area of Erev and, uh, and they worked on a hetter together, how to, how to make an Erev. And then, when Rabbi Chaim Moisa had a Shaila in Hilchus Mikvois, he corresponded with uh, the Chazanish's brother, Rabbi Meir Kairos, happened to be in New York at the time, and the tshuva was written in the Broadway Central, all of our I got married, half of us got married in the Broadway Central. Everybody knows that the Broadway Central was the place where all the weddings used to be years ago. So, there were both Chazanish and his brother, he had, uh, I think they were, 12, 14 children in the family, all brothers and sisters, the sisters were married to Rabban, were all unusual Tamida Chachamim. Rabbi Moisa felt that the Chazanish was a bigger expert in Erevin, and he felt that Rabbi Meir Karel, his brother, was a bigger expert in, in Mikvois. 
you can't be an expert in mikvahs if you don't know Arabian, if you don't know everything else. You can't be an expert in mikvahs if you don't know everything else also. But he felt that there was an, um, a special expertise over there. That's like the Chazanish writes himself. That uh, before the Industrial Revolution, so you would have uh, one person would make a tailor would make a whole suit, the trousers with the jacket, with the pockets, with the buttons, with the holes, and make everything. And, uh, and in the yeshivas and the communities, they had a rav who used to give drushes, he gave hashkafe, and uh, and he would give psak halacha, and he would give pilpulim, arambams, and hilchas tum v'tare, and noshim and zikin, and everything. And then after the Industrial Revolution, so they broke that everything to its component parts. You have a doctor who only deals with hands, a doctor only deals with, uh, with the brain, a doctor only deals with, uh, with the sinuses, a doctor deals only with the legs, and so on. And you have a learning also. In every yeshiva, you have the Rosh Yeshiva says all the pilpulim. Then you have a Paisik who paskins the shah, not the same person. Then you have a Mashgir who talks about the uh, Hashkafa. And Musa, it always used to be the same person. Then Yehuda gave all of them. Then Yehuda gave... Uh, gave drushes, we have his drushes, and he gave psokim, chuvas, and, and he gave tulpulim also, on kachim and taras, and everything, and and zik. And then uh, we have where everything is divided. So true, to be a chacham shegila, you have to have quite a knowledge in kala tarakula. But there are, uh, now we have people who are bigger experts in Erevin, so we send them the shadows by Erevin. The bigger experts in, in uh, mikvois, so we send them the shadows by mikvois. But they're not considered chacham shegila, unless they really know Unless they have knowledge in Kola Terukulam. When the Shaivas are presented to the Chachamim, you have to tell all of the details of the case. The Balabos is asking, may not realize which details are crucial, which are not. For example, recently was a, there was a case of a, a girl who was an Aguna Deraisa. The husband for sure is alive, he didn't drown anywhere, and he refused to give her a get, so they were tumbling and tumbling, so they went to a certain Big Tamachachim to give a psak on the case. So they never told them the facts of the case. They never told them that the two psychologists never met the husband. And they never told them that the girl was in a bezin, this bezin, the other bezin that was going on forever. They never told them all the details of the case. They said if they would have told me the details, he would never have given a psak. That was very unfair. That, that psak is not valid. If you get a chachim to give a psak without knowing the facts of the case. So that's a psak betoyz. That psak is, is, is not valid at all. I'm connected with the OU Kashvis department for over 25 years. And uh, I thought we already worked out all the Shilas. How can there be more Shilas? Every other week, not every week, but every other week, a new Shilas comes up, you can stand on your head, look on the internet, look on all the Shilas, the Shilas doesn't appear anywhere. It's a new Shilas. New Shilas are coming up all the time. And no two Shilas are the same. And you have to have you have to consult, we have to consult with each other. There's not one person who is the big uh, godel. We have to consult with each other to work on all of the, on all of the shilas. And it's a serious violation um, if a person will not ask, this is one of the mitzvahs in the Torah, when you have a shal, you have to present the shilas to a tamachachim for a hachro, for a psak. And it's a very serious violation if the people will not present the shilas. Just to decide on your own. That's like uh, showing to the dog and seeing how the dog passes. The dog may be mekel. 
If the dog is machmer, it's not so bad. The dog may decide to, to be makal, not to eat anything if he doesn't have it, to have an appetite uh, that day. It's a, it's a very serious issue. In the middle of the summer, um, I felt compelled to publicize uh, a statement about the international desna I was working on Agunas. Um, and I wrote briefly that uh, Rabbanim should not rely on anything they say because this is not accepted and that is not accepted. I wrote this for Rabbanim. So uh, in the last two months I got three poison pen letters mailed to the yeshiva. How do they have the chutzpah to make that position? What happened to the principle Derech Eretz Kodmolatera? My personal opinion is that Derech Eretz Kodmolatera should have required of the other people the members of this bezin, that they shouldn't open up their mouths. They shouldn't issue any opinion at all. If you're not qualified, if, if you're not involved, shouldn't open his mouth, shouldn't paskin. The paskin that a woman doesn't need to get is a very serious issue. And that you have to really that you can't paskin based on secondary sources. We have a lot of shilas. Not all the shilas have been worked out. New shilas keep on coming up. And if we're not going to ask the shilas when they're Rabbanim, and the Rabbanim are not going to consult with each other, we're going to be in big trouble. I thank you very much.